It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. And how good does this Monday feel? Mondays aren't supposed to feel good. Monday is supposed to be the worst day of the week, but when the Blue Jackets have won three times in a row, and when two of those three games were come from behind wins against the Colorado Avalanche, a team that historically the Blue Jackets don't have a lot of luck against, you've got to feel good on a Monday. You've got to feel really good about this team that is 7-3 through its first 10 games. That's the good news. The bad news is there are 70 games left, and I'm not trying to douse the fire by being a cold bucket of water here. I'm just reminding you to stay within yourselves. I'm just reminding you that this is a process, what's going on. But the process has gotten off to a great, great start. And there are so many guys that are stepping up and becoming heroes on a night-in, night-out basis. There is adversity. There are injuries. There are players that are stepping up. Uh, to fill the gaps during these injuries, all kind of things going on right now for the Blue Jackets. And we are going to touch on all of it, I believe, throughout the course of this show. I've got a lot of great questions today. I'm going to tell you right off the top. I think this is the all-time high for voice questions, for people who will get their voice on this show today, because I got a bunch of those. I'm very happy about that. Uh, They're well thought out. They are, uh, they're, they're getting better with the length. In fact, some of you people that I've been kind of trying to rein you in a little bit did a, rear, a very good job this week. So uh, congratulations to you on that. But this is exactly what I want. I want you to be a part of this. I want your voice to be on the show. It doesn't have to be me for the 30 plus minutes on this show. Uh, I do the games by myself for the most part, right? That's three hours every time there's a game. That's enough. That's enough. I want your voice to be a part of it, too. So if you have uh, emailed, emailed me a question, a voice question, at uh, bobbymack at bluejackets.com, I thank you for that. If you've sent me something on Twitter, at Sports, I thank you for that as well. So that is my spiel. What can I tell you? The Blue Jackets are red hot right now. Uh, they're in a stretch here where they don't have any games until Friday. I have a question about that later, and I'll explain that to you, why we're in this dead stretch, if you will, this early in the year. But let's get right to it with the first voice question of the day. Hi, Bob. Jonathan in Grove City here. Wanted to first off apologize for my recording last week, and I'm making sure that I listen all the way through this week. So thanks for bearing with me there. Um, First off, I wanted to say that it has been awesome to see that the Jackets are fourth most wins in the league right now through 10 games, which is Um, something that I never thought was going to happen with three overtime wins, a shootout win. I mean, it's been a a fun ride to watch so far. Uh, And even if they can't keep this up, uh, it's already been a lot more fun than all of last season, So, which was a a low bar. But uh, still, it's been been fun to watch these young guys develop. Um, I wanted to ask you this week about two two guys. First is Max Domi. And to ask you if you think there's any chance this guy's ever going to get a look at center again, or if you think that ship is fully sailed at this point, barring injuries to other centers, because I know that, that, uh, well, first off, I, I feel bad for this guy. He's worked so hard to get back on the ice and is, just keeps running into problems to keep him off of it. So hopefully that'll be done and he can stay on the ice consistently. Um, but it seems like 
there's very little opportunity because I don't think they're going to move Jenner off of the center position. Uh, and Corrales is definitely a center. Selinger, as long as he's able to continue to handle the NHL responsibilities, which he's done so far so great, um, he's not moving off center. And that kind of maybe brings me to the other guy that I wanted to ask you about, which is Jack Roslick. Um, it seems like he's been in the doghouse since before the season even began. It seems like Larson just doesn't really maybe think highly of him because of his two-way play, or, or I don't know if there's other issues. Um, but he's not only never got a sniff between Line and Voracek, but he also is playing incredibly low ice time. Um, so I just was curious to see, do you think that, that there's any way that Roslovic can elevate his opportunities, or do you think that that ship has sailed as well? It's hard for, he seems to be doing better on face-offs, but it's hard to say on TV whether his two-way play has improved much or not. I, I, so I don't know. So maybe you have a better um, idea of, of how well his two-way play, two play is right now. Um, but it seems to me like, like they're probably not going to want to keep him if this is the capacity that um, Larson's going to be playing him in. And I don't think he'll want to stay, honestly, if that's the capacity he's playing in as well. So just wanted to get your thoughts on, on those two guys um, and, and see what kind of future they both have moving forward. Thank you. Well, Jonathan, first of all, great job of rebounding. For those that missed last week's show, Jonathan had recorded a question, and it just wasn't arable. And I kind of used him as an example. Go back and listen to your stuff and make sure that I'm going to be able to put it on the show. And he did. So he, uh, he got right back into it this week, and it's good to have you on. Now, Let's go through the uh, the long litany of what you just brought to the table right there. And I also want to include um, something you were talking about. I'm going to start where you left off, and that is with uh, Jack Roslovic, because I always had, or, or I also had, a, a tweet from Maddie saying concerns and observations about Jack Roslovic's play. So I'll just roll that right into this answer as well. First of all, look. When Jack Roslovic doesn't get a chance to play between Jake Voracek and Patrick Laine, even in training camp, what we have to remember is nobody ever said that he would. There was speculation from the media that he would wind up there. There is no coach, no general manager that ever said, oh, we can't wait to look at Jack Roslovic between Jake Voracek and Patrick Laine. Nobody said it. His two-way play, I'm sure, does factor into that. Let's remember that Jack Roslovic is still learning to play the center position in the National Hockey League. I think when he came over here last year, he did such a good job and he jumped off the page, especially as Line A struggled, that we all just assumed that he's ready to play that position at a high level. If I assume that, that's bad on me. You know what they say about assuming, right? What I'm saying is that this coaching staff knows him and they know what they need on the ice, and he has never been in that spot between those two guys. So you figure it out. They don't – my guess is – I can't speak for them. Here's my guess. They don't trust him with a two-way play. When Line a and Voracek are both healthy, neither one is known for their defense. They are known for their offense. If you're going to put a guy in the middle that's not known for his defense, you're going to have no defense – on that line. That's not going to help you. Unless you're scoring every shift, that's not going to help you. Okay? So that's why Sillinger got put there during camp to look and see if it might be a potential fit. Then Jenner was put there, and that's where he has been up until just the last two games. And you know what you're going to get out of him defensively. Jack has improved on his faceoffs. There's no question about that. Um, you know, he's he got low minutes last night. He was with Gregory Hoffman and Kevin Stenland. 
This is no offense. I love Kevin Stenland, but you know if you're on Kevin Stenland's line, you're probably not going to be playing as much as other lines. That's a fact, and I'll tell you this. This is a sidebar here. I was really hoping that Kevin Stenland would show me more last night than he has in the past, and I didn't see it. I just didn't see it. So Jack is there right now, and listen, this is not about entitlement anymore. This is not about, hey, you were born here. Hey, we got you in a trade. This is about playing well enough to beat out other guys. That's exactly what this is. So that's, you know, that's his responsibility to get better. He needs to get better. He needs to get more ice time. It is really as simple as that. To me, it is cut and dry. This is nobody gets handed anything on this team. They are all working for what they get. Cole Sillinger is not back up on a Voracek line because – um, they drafted him as an 18-year-old, and they want him to play there even if it means failing. That's not it. He's earning that time. So until Jack can earn more time and more trust through whatever, whether it's starting to score goals, whether it's uh, being more responsible defensively, you know, he's got the speed. He gets through the neutral, vo- he gets through the neutral zone very well, and he just hasn't had any finish so far this year. And again, you got to earn it. You got there are guys that are playing better, so they're going to play more. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. I have a question about Texier here in a bit, and I'll talk about the line that he's playing on when I get there. I won't get into it here. Uh, Max Domi is he ever going to play center again? I don't know, maybe, but it was determined before the year started he was going to play on the wing, and that goes back to what he did when he got here last year. Again, you've got to earn it. If they don't think he can handle the defensive responsibility in the middle, then he's not going to be able to play there. And, and Jonathan, the only thing, I've got to tell you, this, this one thing bothers me. You know, when you start talking about, wow, he's not going to want to stay here, and he's not going to want to stay here. And I, Too bad. If they're not going to be good enough to play here in the role that they're given, or if they're not going to be able to elevate to the role that this team needs them to be in, then I guess they won't be here. Those are facts. If they can do it, if they can uh, handle it, if they can be a part of this, then, and if they want to, then they're going to be here. You know, it's not, there's no dog houses or anything like, we're 10 games in. We're 10 games in. And I do feel bad for Max too. Comes back early from an injury, suffers another injury, goes into the COVID protocol. Yeah, it sucks. And he had some good games along the way there too, right? So it sucks. And it's not fair. Okay. But when he comes back, he's going to have to earn a spot because as he's out, There are other guys that are playing really well, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So 10 games into a season, I don't want to talk about doghouse. I don't want to talk about guys not going to want to be here. If if they're not playing, it's because they're not playing well enough. If they're not getting the minutes that they want, it's because they're not earning the minutes. Those are facts, and it's not just those two. It's everybody right down the line. So that's my answer to your question. I think I I think I touched base on all of it. Yes, you're excited the team is playing well. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. But, you know, don't don't get into this. Don't It's too early. It's too early to break down to that point, I think, right now. It's too early to start going, "Well, guys not going to want to be here and if he's going to be in a doghouse and all this stuff." Look, there this is still a feeling out process. This is not 10 game uh 8-10 game feeling out process with this team. This is going to be a uh, 20-game feeling-out process with his team. Maybe even a little bit more without Patrick Line in the lineup. I don't know. But uh, 
There you go. That's my answer to your question. Before I get to the next question, I've got to tell you about the great folks over at Tell Ohio Credit Union. They have brought you this podcast for so long, so long I don't even remember when they didn't, as a matter of fact. I do know this, though. When you need to have your finances taken care of, when you need to have your money in the right place, when you need to have services that are tailored toward you, you need to check out Tell Ohio Credit Union. Go to their website at tellohio.org. Start to surf around. Look at the different things that they offer, the different accounts, the different perks that they have. Uh, just a lot of things, and maybe you're getting those at your financial institution right now. Maybe you don't know why you should join a credit union, but the answer to that question and much, much more is right there at their website. So just log on to tellhio.org. Tell Ohio Credit Union is open to everyone in central and southwestern Ohio and is federally insured by NCUA. All right, here we go. Back to the voice questions with another. Hey, Bobby. Mark here up in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, nice to see the Jackets win last night, see some of the uh, younger guys contribute, like the rookies and uh, Carlson, who has been trying to get into the line for a while, get rewarded with the goal. Uh, just your thoughts on how the defense has been playing lately with some of the call-ups and new guys getting looks uh, in the decor. My main question, though, is I guess during the pregame cons- uh, conference, it was mentioned that there was an incident with Merz Lincolns at the very end of the Rangers game where um, he was telling the D to back off from trying to score and uh, letting the Rangers have a shutout. Just your thoughts on that. I know your son's a goalie. What your you would think about that situation? Um, it does look like good sportsmanship, I think. And I know the Rangers uh, tweeted out first class uh, for Elvis right afterwards, but it did seem like Larson probably was a little annoyed with that. And I can understand where you know at that point you know it could come off that the team's not trying, but. Uh, just your thoughts on how that all went down. Um, if you, if that's caused any, um, internal quarrels, I guess, um, looking forward to answering my questions. Thanks. Mark, Mark, Mark. I guess you want to fire me up first thing, right? Okay. That's fine. I can do it. I'm going to answer both of your questions. I'm going to pick up right where you left off. The Merzlikin situation from Madison Square Garden a couple of Fridays ago has not has not lingered. In the, it's not caused any problems. Yes, Brad Larson was asked about it yesterday. Elvis was asked about it yesterday. First of all, it bugs me that people are even still asking about this. I'm not going to lie to you. It was over a week ago. I don't even really want to talk about it, but you're asking, and it was asked yesterday, so... Uh, or the day before, whatever. So I'll, I'll I'll address it. I'll address it like you asked it. It has not caused any problems. There was a discussion between the head coach and the goaltender. Nobody was really um, making the details available. As a matter of fact, when Brad Larson was asked about it, he was very tight-lipped, barely said anything, which to me says volumes, okay? Now, when that game was going on, I, Scott Harrington had the bu- the puck on his stick, and, and he didn't come up the ice, and I just thought that he was putting the team out of its misery because they were down 4 to nothing. They did not play well the entire time. But there were over 20 seconds left on the clock. So I didn't look at Elvis. I'll be honest with you. I did not look at Elvis. I didn't see him do anything with his stick. I guess he did. He was going to give Igor Shosturkin uh, the respect that he deserved and let him get a shutout. All right? 
and the Rangers first class. Okay, you ask me what I think about it. I think it's garbage. I didn't like it. I, I hated it. I hated every bit about it. This is me personally. I didn't like it. You play the game until the horn sounds. If you're down four to nothing, you have the puck with 20 seconds left. You have 20 seconds to ruin that guy's shutout. Why do I care if that guy gets a shutout or not? I don't. I would be trying to take that away. I might lose the game, but I would take that away. And that's just me. Maybe that's old school. Maybe it goes back to the conversations that John Tortorella and I had all the time where he would say there's not enough hate left in the game. And some of you don't like that. Some of you say, oh, we shouldn't have hate. We should all love each other. We should be very sportsmanlike. I didn't say go cross-check the guy in the neck. I said score a goal on him, okay? So that's the way the game is played. Where's the competitive edge if you say, ah, no, you know, you know, we stink tonight and there's 20 seconds left. So maybe you like that. Maybe you like that. Maybe you think that's the way it should be. I do not. I hate it. Hate everything about it. And I'm glad I didn't see it when it was happening. I really am. Okay? So there. I've finally gotten that off my chest. You mentioned my son's a goalie. I talked to him about that. And I said, uh, I said, what do you think? He goes, look, look, I'm friends with other goalies when I play. But I'm friends before the game and after the game, not during the game. And if I'm losing and he has a shutout, I want to see them ruin his shutout. I don't know where he gets that. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, but that's what he said, and, you know, he's not a pro, but for goodness sake, I, I think that's the attitude that a pro should have. So that's my that's my opinion. If, if I was complimented by the New York Rangers on Twitter, I would be upset because I did something wrong, okay? Because I don't want to please the New York Rangers. I don't want to please the Washington Capitals. I don't want to please the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, the New Jersey Devils, any of them. Any of them. I don't. I don't care. If I say something and they don't like me when it's all said and done, bingo. Done my job. Okay? I'm not going to be nice. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, I'm not going to have good, happy feelings if my team's losing to them. I'm just not going to do it. Not going to do it. I've talked about this way too long. I will not talk about it again. This is your one-shot deal. One time only. I'm not talking about it again. It's never going to happen again. I'll tell you that right now. Therefore, I will never have to talk about it again. But you asked me my opinion, and that's my opinion. Now I'll give you my opinion on the defense. I think it's been pretty good, quite frankly. I think Jake Bean is really starting to round into his own. Um, you know, he's playing well with Zach there. It's it's a shame that Adam Boquist is still out, but the team's coming back and winning games. They are, um, you know, when they're falling behind, they're staying within one, and you got to give credit to those guys. So, uh, you know, Gavrikov has just quietly done his job back there, and I like that. Uh, Gabriel Carlson was a bit of a slow start, I believe, for him, but in these last couple of games, he's come around, and he's, you know, he's jumping up offensively now, too. Andrew Peak, I've loved Andrew Peak from the beginning of the year. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's been good. And Gavin Bayreuther, I don't want to forget about this guy because I think he's jumped right in. He had a great camp. I said during camp, when they need a defenseman, this is the guy that's going to get called up, and lo and behold, he's here, and he's playing on the second pair with Gavrikov, and he deserves it. I, I think he's playing really well there. He's getting his opportunity, and he's making the most of it. So, hey, congratulations. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. This guy spent a lot of time in the American Hockey League. He gets it. When he gets a chance, he knows he's got to jump on it. He's got to take it. He did that last year, did it in camp, had to wait his turn, 
And now his turn is here, and he is all over it. So I don't mind those guys. I don't mind the six guys back there uh, in these last couple of games especially. All right, let's move on to the next question. Hey, this is Charlie from North Carolina. Another great week of Blue Jackets hockey here. Um, I have a couple questions. First one's about Alexander Texier. A couple weeks ago, you had Jody Shelley on the show, and you guys talked about how he didn't fit in with that first line, but it really seems like he's done a great job of fitting into the system as a specialty player on the uh, PK as well as on that line with uh, Corrali and Robinson. Love for you to talk about that and what we need to see from him going forward to develop in the system. And could you also talk about how Gavrikov has really impacted this team quietly on that defensive line and become a really great player for this team? Thanks and go Jackets. Well, Charlie, you're right. Alexander Texier has found himself a little bit of a role. Good to see him get a goal on Saturday night and a big goal, as a matter of fact, for the Blue Jackets that allowed them to tie that game and then they go on and win it after that. Uh, but here's the thing. Texier started the season as the number one centerman. He did not play well between Voracek and Line A, as you alluded to. And what Jody was saying is that both Line A and Voracek can slow the game down, and Texier goes 100 miles an hour. So when you look at the line that he's on right now with Eric Robinson and Sean Corrali, that's what they do is they go 100 miles an hour. So he fits on that line, and he and Robinson combined to get that goal on Saturday. And he talked about the fact that they had come up the ice on a previous shift and Robinson rimmed it around behind the net. And Texier told him, hey, if you dump it across, I'd rather have you do that. Then I can get it on my forehand. And that's what happened. And then he scored the goal that tied the game. So he is meshing with them. And Brad Larson said from the moment that he put Texier on that line that he thought it might wake him up a little bit. And it has. Now, earlier we were talking about Roslovic and playing with Stanlin and all that. And I told you when I talked about Texier, I would give you my opinion on that line. I don't think that's a fourth line. And Brad Larson will say, with very good coach speak, he will say, well, I'm rolling four lines, so it's not like we have, you know, one through four. We're just rolling them. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Sure you are. But that line's getting a, getting a lot of time. I mean, you're rolling three lines, and when you get into a situation where you need some jump and you need some spark, then you're rolling three lines, and the other line has to wait its turn, I think. I mean, look at the look at the ice time. It'll tell you. So I really like that line right now and the way that they are meshing and the way that they're playing. Um, should Alexander Texier be a third-line winger? Probably not. But that's where he is slotted, and if he's going to be slotted there, at least uh, you want to have him playing to his full potential. And it looks like, I hope, that he is starting – to do that. Gabrikov, yeah, I just mentioned him a few minutes ago. He's just solid. You know, he's he's the kind of guy that as long as he's doing his job, you're not really seeing him. But you will see him when he jumps up on the play offensively and he scores a, a goal that you weren't expecting him to score. So uh, quiet for him is good for him. That means he's defending extremely well. Um, Charlie also sent me a uh, follow-up email asking about two other guys, Liam Foody and Josh Dunn, and what they're doing in Cleveland right now. And Josh Dunn has two goals and two assists in 10 games, and Liam Foody has three goals and two assists in 10 games. So, yeah, underwhelming, I guess. I mean, Foody's a first-round pick, and um, and Dunn is only a second-year player, so you know, I guess a, you, know, you can give him a pass on that for sure. He's going to get better, and his numbers are going to come up. But uh, those are two guys that you want to see have high numbers, right? I, I agree with that. So, 
That's what I want to see. That's what they want to put up. So hopefully they start uh, finding their game a little bit more and getting those point totals up. On to our next question. Bobby Mack. Hi, this is Noah checking in from Clintonville. Hope all is well with you and everybody else in CBJ in 30 land. Given we are at the 10-game mark of the season, I was wondering to what extent do you think the performance so far is an indicator of how things are going to be down the line here uh, the rest of the way. On the critical side, you have the fact that four of the Blue Jackets' seven wins have gone beyond regulation, so you figure a bounce here, a bounce there. Maybe the record looks a little bit uh, less favorable. Also, in the three losses that the Blue Jackets have, their opponents made them look fairly slow. Uh, finally, Patrick Laine being out four to six weeks. I hate to see him get injured. Definitely a gut punch for sure. On the positive side of the ledger, however, I've been impressed with this team's resiliency. After each time Blue Jackets lost, they came out their next game and won. Also, I've been impressed with the number of times this team has been down late in the game and then has managed to come back to tie and eventually win the game. You think about Colorado this Saturday, New Jersey last Sunday, and Seattle at the beginning of the season. Also, the goalie performance has been amazing from both Elvis and Corpy, and that goes a long way toward keeping you in pretty much every game you play. Finally, this team just seems very mature, uh, based on listening to the post-game interviews with the players and the coach. Uh, they seem pretty even-keeled, not getting too high on themselves after wins, not getting too low on themselves after losses. Uh, I personally think after seeing their performance so far, I would be disappointed if they did not come out of this season with at least a winning record. Uh, what are your thoughts? Thanks for your time, Bobby. Take care. Well, no, there's really not a lot to say. I mean, you broke it down so well, but I'm going to uh, go to a couple of points here. You start off by saying, how much do you think what they've already done is an indicator of what's going to happen the rest of the year? And then as you're doing the breakdown, you talk about a couple of their opponents made them look very slow. So I'm going to tie those two things together because two of those opponents that made them look slow, Detroit and the New York Rangers are coming up in the next three games. And the other team that is the third one in that grouping is the Washington Capitals. So, Blue Jackets are playing very well right now. They've got a lot of confidence right now. And that's a great thing. The young players are learning. And they're learning how to win. I think that is so important. Learn how to win. I don't care who you beat, to be honest with you. Um, you, know, you can beat the bottom feeders and you start to learn how to win, and you expect to win. This team is expecting to win against more than bottom feeders. Trust me. The, the Avalanche, they're going to tell you they played terrible the last two games. And I'm going to tell you they still have the talent to get to the Stanley Cup final. So it doesn't matter. That's the talent you're matching up against. If they don't play well, that's on them. Maybe they didn't play well because you played a little bit better. Okay? Don't forget about that. So... I think that uh, a real test is coming up in these next three games. As we get into division play more, then you're going to start to see exactly what this team is made of. They're going to learn exactly what they are made of, okay? And I do think those are going to be good lessons. And I think that they're going to have successful ones and they're going to have unsuccessful ones. It's what I told you at the beginning of the year. 
They're not going to be as bad as the people on the outside think. Are they going to be good enough to make the playoffs? I don't know. Are they going to be good enough to have a winning record? I don't know. I don't. Everything looks good now. I mean, this is sitting pretty. But again, there are 70 games left. I hope they do have a winning record. I hope they do make the playoffs. Of course. Of course. But the... um, you know, it's a long way away. We're going to find out. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey we're going to take with them. And as long as they continue to take the steps that they are, it's going to be a fun journey to go along with them and find out exactly who they are and what they're going to be and how far they're going to be able to take it as a group. I'm looking forward to every bit of that right now. There's no doubt about it. Um, you mentioned the goalies, too. They have both been stellar. They really have. They, uh, you know... That's the exact kind of competition that you want between the two goaltenders. You want one guy to know that when the other guy plays, the team's going to win, and that's going to put the pressure on you to win. But I think they've both been locked in, and they have both been fun to watch. And I give Elvis a lot of credit. You know, he was asked – he didn't play – he played that game in New York last Friday, and then he goes eight days before he plays his next game. And, um, you know, he would rather play them all. They all would. Every goalie wants to play all the games. But he didn't play on Sunday in New Jersey, and then he didn't play on um, Wednesday in Colorado. And he came back, and, and he played well. And listen, go back to his first year and have him sit for a week and see if he struggles in that next game. And he said that he struggled early, but I didn't really see it. I didn't see it like I did a couple of years ago. That Then it was noticeable that he struggled. And I think that he's been – I think he's been really good, both of those guys. I told you when Corpusalo lost his first two, he played well enough to win. The team didn't help him out. So they have, uh, the, to me, not that there are many problems right now, quite frankly, but the least of the problems has been the goaltending. The loss of Patrick Line may turn out to be a problem. I know Saturday night was great, but now you've got to do that for another three to, or well, more than that. You've got to do that for another four to six weeks. So that's that's not going to be fun. I mean, this guy, he can frustrate you sometimes, but he had 10 points in nine games, okay? And he is a superstar, and he can score every time he touches a puck. So that they are going to miss that, and eventually you're going to see that hole. I'm telling you, Capitals and Rangers, back-to-back, Friday and Saturday this week. Then you're going to get Detroit. That's nothing to overlook anymore. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. We're all going to learn a lot over the course of the next couple of weeks and months. All right, let's get another question in here. Hey, Bobby Mack, it's Bakes. And, man, I could not be more fired up about this Blue Jackets team. Tied for the best start in team history. And since I last sent you a message, they've continued to do things that Blue Jackets teams in the past just haven't done in any year that I can remember. Take the last two games, for example, Got a couple injuries. Curious if you know any updates on Dome and Lion A. But we give up two goals late, and then we win in overtime. That never happens. Keeping a perfect overtime record, and then last night being down, fighting back, scoring three goals in the third, taking two games back-to-back from the avalanche. That's pretty tough. Um, Wanted to know what you think is the reason why the energy and the vibe around this team is so much different this year. I think Voracek is playing a huge role in it. Um, Boone Jenner is the captain. Maybe it was the perfect time. Uh, Obviously the coaching, 
but I wanted to know what you think is the main reason or a couple reasons. And also, what do you think the biggest weakness is on the Jackets right now? Um, I could point at the defense, shoring up some pairings, but when we're scoring goals and playing as fast as we are, um, I'm okay with the defense giving up a little bit of goals. I'm just loving what I'm seeing. I'm sticking with this team's going to make the playoffs and wondering if you're getting close or thinking about jumping on that bus yet. Bakes, if you've listened to all my other answers, you already know I'm not getting close to jumping on that yet. Okay? 70 games left. I hope you're right. And, and you should be all about that. As a fan, you should be all about that. You should be... You know, jumping on that playoff bandwagon and all that. I have to be a little bit more reserved right now. Just for now. Just you, just sell me a little bit more here. Just, just get me a little bigger taste of what's going on here. And make sure that this isn't like, you know, the shiny new car that you can't wait to drive all the time. And then you get tired of driving it and you park it in the driveway for a while. Look, you asked me what I think the biggest difference is or what's, you know, what why is this team playing as well as it is. So if you get it down to one thing for me, I really think these guys like each other. I honestly do. I know that sounds cliched and I know that sounds maybe to some of you ridiculous, but they do. And I've been saying it ever since training camp. I've been asking the players since training camp. You can just tell. You can just tell when you have a group that clicks and I think this group clicks it's clicking right now for sure and they're going to go through adversity and as I've been saying this whole show when they go through adversity then it's going to show the true character of not only individuals but of the team as a whole okay but right now uh, the way it is I think they like each other I think that they are pulling for one another I think they're playing for one another another thing that kind of goes with that is I feel that now you have a new leadership group, and you have guys that have been here, and they've been in lesser roles, and I think they are embracing the leadership roles that they have. And I'm speaking specifically of Boone Jenner and Zach Wierenski, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and even Gus Nyquist. But I, I think of the other three first. You know, Gus has been around. He played for the Red Wings, and he played with really great players there. And he played with the Sharks in the playoffs. And so, you know, he's he's been with some other teams. <clears throat> These other guys have only been here. And they have grown up in the system, and now it's their system. Now it's their team, and I think that they're really embracing that. So I think that's another big thing about it because the younger players or the newer players, they follow the leaders. You know, the leaders set the tone, and I think this is a good leadership group that is really setting the tone. The coach is different. Yeah, I, that has something to do with it because there are different nuances and systems that you're playing, and they seem to enjoy it. Right, and as you said, sometimes the defense is running around, they're going to give up four goals. But if you score five, okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, this whole overtime thing, though, how many of you have forgotten that this team used to be good in overtime when Artemi Panarin was here? They got bad when Artemi Panarin left. Okay, so just keep in mind, it's about the talent that you have. And Line A has been good in the overtimes. He's out now, but Jake Bean got an overtime winner the other night. So um, there's more talent. That That's when you win in overtime, when you've got talent, right? You're playing pond hockey and you're, you know, there's very little structure in three on three. But if you've got talent 
And Jake Voracek, he, he does drive a lot of it. You know, you look at Jake Bean's overtime winner in Colorado, that was all Jake setting it up and getting Jake the uh, getting the other Jake the, the puck when he had time to make a decision and take the shot that he wanted to take, right? So the old Jake and Jake, they uh, teamed up on that one. And Voracek has been, I, I think it's been a great trade. I think it's been a great trade for both teams so far. Atkinson is doing well in Philly, and uh, Voracek has really been an engine for this team. So those are the kind of trades you're supposed to make, the ones that benefit both teams. And it looks like that one, at least 10 games in, that one has benefited both teams. No question about that. So that's the answer to Bake's question. I got one more voice question for you. Hey there, Bobby Mack. It's Don out in Virginia again. Hope you're doing well. Just finished watching a video on YouTube from The Hockey Guy. If you haven't watched him before, definitely check him out. He does a great job with analysis throughout the league. And he's always been really fair to our Blue Jackets. Anyhow, he was breaking down the beginning start for the team, kind of surprising people around the league with our 7-3 and three start and kind of giving the analysis on the players that are doing well. My question for you today is, is a two-parter. Who is underperforming the most on our team this year? Who's not meeting expectations? And who do you think is overperforming the most based on what we thought going into the season? Thanks for taking the question and looking forward to the podcast. Well, Don, I really appreciate it when you check in from Virginia. Of course, we had a North Carolina earlier, so a little bit more distance there, I believe. I'm always about getting questions from as far away as possible. I think it's cool. I think it's neat. I enjoy it. But anyway, who is underperforming, who is overperforming? I'm going to say that uh, we talked about this guy earlier, Jack Roslevic. He's underperforming. No goals in 10 games. He has three points in 10 games. Now, last year, in 48 games, he had 34 points, 12 goals, 22 assists. So I'd just like to see Jack get on the score sheet for the first time uh, with a goal this year. I really would like to see that for him. So I'm going to pick him for underperforming to this point. Overperforming? You know, I think I have to say Cole Sillinger because we all knew that he had great potential, but we all knew he was 18 years old. And it's not even the number of goals that he has now. It's the quality of the goals that he has now. Um, Remember, he had what would have been his second goal taken away on a video review and had a wait. And then he gets back-to-back goals in Colorado on Wednesday night. And then he tips the Igor Chinikov shot for the uh, go-ahead goal in the Saturday night game. So it just he's over overperforming for me because of the role they have him playing in right now alongside of Voracek and that he is putting up goals in bunches here. He's got four goals, four goals in 10 games. So uh, to me, as an 18-year-old kid, that qualifies as overperforming. So he's been great. I've loved exactly everything that he's done. Going to try to get him on the inside edge this week and talk with him and Jody Shelley about what he's been able to do. So um, I, I love it, but I think he's doing more than was expected at this point. Maybe not by him. Maybe not by the staff, the coaching staff. But uh, for me, I think he's been uh, I think he's been terrific. And he's been fun to watch. All right, let's get some other uh, questions in. Uh, another one at... Bobby Mack at BlueJackets.com. This is from Paul, who says, I've been listening to your broadcast for the games, and I have a few questions about your goal calls. Do you have a unique call for each player planned? Does it take long to think of a good call for the players? Do you have a favorite call or any good ones that didn't make the cut? I heard your 
Yeagerbaum call, and that might be my new favorite. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Yeah, I try to come up with something for everybody. It's not um, it's not com- complete. It's the, the list is not complete. Uh, Gabriel Carlson scored last night. He took me by surprise. I didn't have anything for him specifically, but I tried to do it, and I think that uh, people have gravitated toward it, and it's, you know, it's fun. <clears throat> it's fun for me, and it's nice. Um, yeah, you have it planned for the player. I mean, again, Chinikov, that shot got tipped by Sillinger, and I've been sitting on that Yeager bomb all day, That uh, and, it, and it was out. And it was so hard to see because it got tipped, and it really wasn't noticeable. But if I would have looked at Sillinger and saw how he was celebrating, I would have known. But anyway, I, I got caught there because I couldn't wait to use that. And I really thought last night was going to be that kid's night. I really did. And he wound up with two assists, so – he gets his first two NHL points, so it wasn't a bad night for him at all. But does it take uh, a long time to think of a good call for the players? Yeah, it does. It, it does. Like, you're trying to you're trying to make it um, make sense. And so, yeah, it can, take, it can take some time. But, you know, it's fun time, right? I mean, look what I, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not trying to – I'm trying to figure out what to say for um, – you know, Gabriel Carlson, I'm not trying to figure out how to solve world peace. Let's go to Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports. And Danny says, I have a question. Why don't we play until Friday? Well, Danny, this is really an easy answer. Originally, the Blue Jackets were going to Finland to play against the Colorado Avalanche in a back-to-back set. The games, instead of being Wednesday and Saturday, the games would have been Friday and Saturday. So we would have left from New Jersey, flown across the Atlantic, uh, had the week in Finland to prepare, played Friday night and Saturday night, and then flew home on Sunday. And then you would have had this week off to get acclimated once again to North America and all the travel you'd just done and the time differences and all those things. So that's why there are so many games or so many, (laughs) take that back. That's why there are so many days in between games right now. So it's it's a good question. It's a good question, especially I, what I don't like about it is you're on a roll right now. You've won three in a row. You have momentum. It's like you'd like to have one day off and then play again, and uh, that unfortunately is not going to happen. Jody says, "Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the the best start the Blue Jackets have had in team history?" Yes, it is, Jody. Uh, Jason says, prior to the season, a fear that I had was the young talent being good enough to make them not sellers at the deadline. It's not Kool-Aid drinking time yet, but with Chicago working hard to get us a top 10 pick, is it time to shift the way that I look at this year? Good is the enemy of great, and I just want what's best for this team to get over the hump. So what Jason's saying is we all thought that, hey, if you finish like very low in the standings and if Chicago finishes low, you're going to get two pretty high first round picks and yeah that was the plan but plans are meant to be changed and is it a bad thing if your cylinders and chinikovs are coming right out of the gate and firing on all cylinders and giving you a chance to to win and make the playoffs is that a bad thing I don't think that it is and you just hope that Chicago continues to be dismal I mean they just fired their coach Um, it's been a it's been a tough season for them and they don't even have that number one pick, although it is uh, protected. If they finish dead last or next to dead last, then that uh, pick is is protected. But other than that, you know, I'd be really happy if they finished, you know, 
third if they had the third worst record in the league. That would be just fine. Mark Carell the second says, I'm not saying they'll win the cup, but wow, do the kids look like they belong, and this team does not look like a bottom five lottery team. This seems sustainable for the season. From what you've seen, do you agree or disagree? I I don't I don't disagree with it. I just need to see it. I'm a doubting Thomas when it comes to this, I guess. But you know, I you are you're right. You're right. It looks like it is sustainable right now, but there are some real challenges ahead. And it starts Friday. Washington and the New York Rangers. Back to back, Friday, Saturday. If you think that's a cakewalk, then you have forgotten what it's like to play in the Metropolitan Division. And I'm sure that you haven't forgotten that, Mark. So, um, yes, cautiously optimistic. Those are the two words that I'm going to use until further notice. I like what I see. I love what I see. I love the chemistry and the camaraderie and the wins and all of that. I love it. But I just know that it's a long season. I keep saying 70 games left, 72 games left, actually. And those two games that I kept leaving out is a total of four points. Four points goes a long way in a playoff race. So just listen. Here's what I'll tell you. Enjoy it. Enjoy this ride. Somebody said earlier, was it Jonathan in the very first question, said that this is already better than last year. Last year was awful, right? All around it was awful. From nobody in the stands to just the team never never got off to a good start, never played well at all. It was it was a miserable season. We would talk in the press box and say, you know what? If this was a regular season, we'd have to watch 30 more games of this stuff. And it was it was bad. It was bad. So this is already better than that. So I would say to you, just enjoy the ride. Be supportive. Uh, these guys need you. They talk about it all the time in their post-game press conferences. And somebody asked about the maturity. Yeah, they, they do seem very mature. Even the 18-year-old is very mature for his age. Uh, so be behind them. Be cheering for them. Um, back them. I, they deserve your support the way they're playing right now. And But be ready. Be ready. They're going to hit bumps in the road. It's not going to go on like this all year. And if it does... I will be the first one to step forward and tell you how happy I was to be wrong. All right? I promise you I will do that. But there will be bumps in the road. There will be challenges. And as I said before, it's when those challenges come, when that adversity hits, you're really going to see what this team is made of. And I will give you this prediction. I think when we're checking the character of the team and its players, when that adversity comes, we're going to find out what we already know, that they have strong character, and um, that that's the only reason I'd want to see them hit any adversity is just to prove that, just to prove that point. But uh, for now, let's just hope it keeps on going. Three more games in the homestand. Washington, New York Rangers, Detroit Red Wings. Two of those teams have already beaten the Blue Jackets. The other one they haven't faced yet. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun ride. There's no doubt about it. And that Washington game is coming up on Friday night at Nationwide Arena. Again, on the Inside Edge this week, we're going to try to get Cole Sillinger uh, to talk with us. Jody Shelley is on assignment this week in New York working at the NHL Network. So if you have a chance to check out uh, the NHL Network shows in the evenings this week, you'll be able to find our own Jody Shelley sitting there and breaking it down uh, through the league. But Jody and I will get together for that Inside Edge on Wednesday night 
at 7 o'clock on the flagship station of the Blue Jackets Radio Network, 97.1 The Fan. So I'll tell you that. Hockey Fights Cancer Night is coming up. Uh, to find out about that and much, much more, just go to bluejackets.com or sign in through the Blue Jackets app. I think that I've hit it all, and I've appreciated your questions today. You've done a great job, as always. We'll do this again next Monday. That'll wrap up this Monday edition, this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. It's been presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.